Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Father, thank you so much for your word this morning. It's so good to be with you in your word. And help us now, Lord, to learn, open our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis 49, verse 1. Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Gather yourselves together and hear, you sons of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel your father. Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might and the excellency of my strength, the excellency of dignity. No, the beginning of my strength. The excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. Unstable as water, thou shalt not excel, excel, because thou wentest up to thy father's bed, then defilest thou it. He went up to my couch. Simeon and Levi are brethren. Instruments of cruelty are in their habitations. O my soul, come not thou into their secret, unto their assembly. Mine honor, be not thou united. For in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they dig down a wall. Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce, and their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp from the prey. My son, thou art gone up. He stooped down. He couched as a lion and as an old lion. Who shall rouse him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Binding his foal unto the vine, his ass is colt unto the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine, his, eye, his clothes in the blood of grapes. His eyes shall be red with wine, his teeth white with milk. Okay, now, we've been studying here Jacob's last moments on earth, which he, did take the, which he decided to spend telling each of his sons what was going to happen to them in the future. And so this is really what's behind the first words of Jacob when he cuts them all together in verse 1, and he, say, he calls his sons together, and he says, Gather yourselves together, that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Now, now many people, when they die, are thinking of the past. They reminisce their life, their past. But this, this is not what Jacob's doing here. Jacob is looking forward to the future. He has everything to look forward to in the future. He's looking forward to be himself. His future is going to be gathered together with his people. He's going to be gathered together with Jehovah Jesus. And but but he, so he's thinking of his future, but he's also thinking of the future of his seed that's going to be left on earth. He's very much like Paul. Paul was in the same mind frame as he was looking both at his future in heaven and the future of those that were going to be left behind. When he said things like in 2 Timothy 4.6, Paul said in 2 Timothy 4.6, 
for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that also love his appearing. But then he goes on in Philippians 1.23, Philippians 1.23, and he speaks about a struggle that he was having when he said, I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better, nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Now, this is the ultimate picture of a believer looking forward to the future when Paul says, I'm in a strait betwixt two, having this desire to depart and to be with Christ, but then, which is far better, but then he says, on the other hand, it's more needful for me to be with you. And, and Paul, he just couldn't decide which one he wanted to do. You know, on the one hand, he wanted to go to be with the Lord. On the other hand, he wanted to stay so that he can continue, continue his ministry. But it's all this idea of looking forward to the future, which is what Jacob is doing here. Now, we saw the pain that Jacob felt when he started with Reuben, his firstborn, as, as Jacob recounted this high hopes that he had for Reuben when he said in verse three, you, Reuben, you are the beginning of my strength. And as Reuben, he looks at Reuben, you can see Jacob just swelling with pride. He's taking such pride in his firstborn son, Reuben, and you can picture Jacob just rising up in hope and encouragement that he felt from Reuben. And then because of Reuben's great sin, which he just says in verse four was, thou wentest up to thy father's house, uh, father's bed, then defilest thou it. So with that act, uh, Jacob's high hopes for Reuben, they just came crashing down. And, and, And sadly, Jacob pronounces that very simply the future for Reuben, which is in verse four, thou shalt not excel. That's it. Now, then he comes to Simeon and Levi and here's another heartache that he's going through here for poor Jacob. It's just, it's like, how much can a man take? He's, now he's reflecting back on, on Simeon and Levi and the description that he uses to, to describe um, what Simeon and Levi did is he says in verse five, you were instruments of cruelty, instruments of cruelty. Now, you notice what he didn't say in verse five, Jacob did not say, Simeon and Levi, you are cruel. You were cruel. He didn't say that. He said, you were instruments of cruelty. It's very significant that he called Simeon and Levi instruments of cruelty. It's very significant that Jacob did not call Simeon and Levi cruel. He didn't say cruel. He said, you were instruments of cruelty. So what's the difference? What's the difference between Jacob calling Simeon and Levi instrument of cruelty or just calling them just flat cruel? Well, to see this difference, I want you to think of a surgeon. Think of a surgeon. I always loved surgery, and I was interested in surgery. My father was a surgeon. As a matter of fact, he was was the president of, of a gynecological surgeon's society. So, uh, So I want you to think of surgery. Okay. So now just think of a surgeon. And think of a surgeon and the instruments of surgery. You know, he's got the scalpel instrument, and he's got the protractor instrument, and the hemostat 
instrument and the, and, the, and the needle holder instrument. Now, clearly, those instruments do not do the surgery on their own. That'd be something. But, I mean, those surgeries don't just rise up and say, okay, we've got to do a surgery today, so who needs a surgeon to go do it? So what do they need? What are the, well, obviously, what do the instruments of surgery need in order to do the surgery? They need the what? They need the surgeon. He's the one who's going to use those instruments of surgery to do the surgery. So, you know, you can see the, uh, the surgeon. He takes the scalpel instrument. He makes the incision. He takes the, the protractor instrument. He, he, and he, and he op- spreads open the tissue. He takes the, the hemostat clamp instrument, and he starts clamping off all the blood vessels that are squirting blood all over the place. And, and, and then he, he, he takes the needle holder instrument, and he sews up the suture. So... Those instruments cannot do a surgery on their own as they need the surgeon. The instruments are only useful when they are in the hands of a surgeon. And the surgeon cannot do a surgery on his own. He needs those instruments also. The surgeon is, all, is only useful when he has the instruments of surgery in his hand. Both are necessary. The surgeon and the instruments of surgery to do the surgery. So the instruments are not the surgeon. And that's what makes what Jacob said to Simeon, what he called Simeon and Levi, so significant when he called them instruments of cruelty. Instruments of cruelty. The cruel one is Satan. And Jacob called Simeon and Levi the instruments of cruelty, which is the same thing as calling Simeon and Levi instruments of, of Satan. See, when you, when you see this in the light of Judas Iscariot, it makes sense. Because what Judas Iscariot did was he yielded himself as an instrument of betrayal, an instrument of cruel betrayal that, that Satan took in his hand and, and, and this is what's described in Luke 23, Luke 22.3. Luke 22.3, where it says, then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the 12. So that's step one. That was in, in, in Luke 22.3. The next verse says, and he went his way and communed with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him unto them. So Satan is like the surgeon. Judas is like an instrument. And just as the surgeon cannot do a surgery on his own, he needs an instrument. So Satan needed an instrument, which was Judas. That's why the sequence is so important in Luke 22, 3 and 4. First, Satan enters into Judas. Then Judas goes out to betray the Lord. He became an instrument in the hand of Satan. So when Jacob called Simeon and Levi instruments in verse 5, that shows us we are instruments. We are instruments. And the question is, who are, uh, who, 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 who are we going to yield ourselves to be inter- instruments for? We are instruments. The question is, is whose hand are we going to let ourselves be taken up into? You know, this last Friday, this fellow, Demetrius Pegortsis, he yielded himself to Satan when he went into Santa Fe High in, 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 in Texas and killed those eight uh, students and two teachers. On that day, he became an instrument of Satan. Jacob called Simeon and Levi instruments. 
That's why we are also called instruments in Romans 6.13. Romans 6.13, which says, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. See, as instruments as we are, we have two calls. We're, we're, we're experiencing two calls, two, two calls to us. One is from Satan, who is calling us to yield ourselves and let him take us as his instruments into his hands to sin. And the other call is from God, who's calling us to yield ourselves to instruments that, in his hands to righteousness. I mean, what an exciting way to live life. What an exciting way to live life, seeing ourselves as instruments, waiting for the call of God to be used as instruments. I mean, just picture the surgeon. They're going back to the surgeon. The surgeon is doing the surgery there, and he, he says, and he calls out, scalpel. And they put the scalpel instrument into his hand, and he does the incision. And then he, he reaches over, he's a protractor, and they, they, and, and, and they put that into his hand. He uses it. What an exciting way of living to have an ear tuned to God to be saying, what, 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 what is it, Lord? What is it? Do you need it? You, do, do you need some feet instruments right now to, to go over to that lost person and befriend him so I can bring him the gospel? Well, here I go. I'm yielding my feet as your instruments for you to use. You need, you need some feet instruments to get on that plane to go to Israel alive, be there and reach the Jewish people. Here I go. What, Lord? What, what is it, Lord? I, I hear you calling. Do you need a mouth instrument right now? You need a mouth instrument, so my mouth is to, to speak to that lost person about your perfect salvation. Is that what you need right now, Lord? You need a mouth instrument? Well, here I go. I yield my mouth for you to use. I mean, this is what, this is, this is what King Nebuchadnezzar, of all people, a heathen king, when he looked at the lives of, of Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, he used that word yield. He used that word when he saw them. He said, what are they doing? I, and Nebuchadnezzar would say, I see those men yielding their bodies. It's instruments to be used by God. In Daniel 3.28, Daniel 3.28, Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any God except their own God. See, we become the, the, the servants, uh, we become the servants to whom we yield ourselves. That's what's brought up in, in Romans 6.16. Romans 6.16 says, it's like, it, it, when, when it starts, a verse starts off with, know ye not, it's like, do you not know this? <laughs> it's like, hello, <laughs> know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. This is really the emphasis of Romans 12.1. Romans 12.1 is really a call for us to yield ourselves as instruments to God. This is, this is the way to think about Romans 12.1 when it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That's why it's so important when Jacob called Simeon and Levi instruments of cruelty. Now, in verse 5, when Jacob called Simeon and Levi instruments of cruelty, 
Jacob was recognizing that Simeon and Levi were being used by the devil. And, and, and that's in keeping with what Jacob said in verse seven when he said, cursed be their anger. So in verse five, by calling Simeon and Levi instruments of cruelty, Jacob is not saying that, it, it, you know, Simeon and Levi, you are doomed because you are cruel. He's saying that you just, you, you, you yielded yourselves to the cruel one. And, and, and so therefore, he's, he's holding out for them. There's recovery for you, Simeon and Levi. There's recovering. It's not like it's embedded into your soul. It's not like pressed into the fabric of who you are, cruel. Just stop. Stop yielding yourselves to be instruments of cruelty, which is, the, which is what we are told to do when the Bible says, mortify, therefore, the deeds of the flesh. So in verse 7, when, when, when Jacob further goes on and, and, and says to Simeon and Levi, cursed be their anger, and he didn't say, cursed are you, he's again saying, there's recovery for you. There's recovery for you. Same thing, like we said in Colossians 3.5, Colossians 3.5, mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, gives a list, fornication, uncleanness, and so forth. Then it goes on in Ephesians 4.31, Ephesians 4.31, which says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil be put away from you with all malice. And then in Colossians 3.8, Colossians 3.8 says, now therefore, now, but now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy. This is what repentance looks like. This is what repentance looks like. And that's why he didn't curse, Jacob did not curse Simeon and Levi, but but he's really calling them to repent. Now, but this did not not all mean that, that Jacob just overlooked the sin in Simeon and Levi, not at all. As a matter of fact, we see Jacob talking to himself here, and he's talking about their secret and he says, and, and, he, and, he, and, and he's talking about, don't come near their secret. Now, the secret, what was the secret of Simeon and Levi? Well, the Simeon and Levi did have a secret. I mean, they're, they're, you know, Simeon and Levi, they had a secret, all right. They, Simeon and Levi smiled and then told the Shechemites that, oh, welcome. Just welcome into us. Let's prosper together. Look at all we have. Look at all you have. It'll all be ours, no longer mine and yours, but it'll all be ours as you, as we, as you join together with Jacob's family. And, and you just need to get circumcised, that's all. Now, their secret was that they wanted to destroy them. Yeah. Simeon and Levi were outwardly, they're proposing marriages. Oh, yeah, let's get married. Oh, yeah, Dina and, and the prince, great, and this one and that one. And, oh, we're going to have such a, 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 a joyful time with all the marriages. They were proposing marriages, but they were planning their deaths. That's the secret. And that was Simeon and Levi's secret, a secret of deception and betrayal. Now, this really is a picture of what Satan did. To, to Adam and Eve. While Satan was talking to Adam and Eve, says, oh, you're going to become like gods. It's going to be wonderful. You're going to have your eyes opened. You're going to know good and evil. All the while he's proposing those things for Adam and Eve, he's opening the doors of hell wider to receive Adam and Eve. That was Satan's secret. That's the secret of deception. So Jacob looks at the secret of Simeon and Levi, and he says to himself, don't go near that. Don't go near that. Now, this is a remarkable scene. 
because here we see Jacob pulling back and saying that I am 100% of a different spirit from Simeon and Levi, and I want no fellowship with them. Now, these are his own sons. These are Jacob's own sons that he's talking about. He is disowning their spirit. <coughs> he is disowning it. So what Jacob, it's very important to see this, and Jacob did in verse six. When Jacob said, oh, my soul, come not, unto the, come not thou unto their secret, unto their assembly, mine honor, be not thou united. Jacob has now identified a great divide within his family, a great difference in a group within his family that he says he's not a part of. It's highly symbolic. It's highly symbolic of the fact that within Israel, that is within the Jewish race, there is an assembly, to use the words that Jacob used in verse six, that is different from Jacob. This reveals the mystery This scene here reveals the mystery of the great division within Israel. Verse 6 became very personal for me in the 1970s. The 1970s was when this became very, 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 very personal for me because that's, that's when this mystery of this great division within Israel became clear to me. That's when Pastor Jim invited me to go door to door with him in San Diego visiting Jewish people to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll be honest with you, at first, I didn't want to because I knew that the Jewish people were not exactly overwhelmingly welcoming to the message that Jesus Christ is God. And I hesitated. I said, well, I don't know. And I remember Pastor Jim said to me, look, if I, a Gentile, can spend my life trying to reach your people with the gospel, why shouldn't you care about your people, your own people? Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Reach Israel. Join Tom Cantor for the second annual Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference in San Diego, California, February 22nd and 23rd at the Creation and Earth History Museum. Early bird registration, only $99, includes a two-day conference pass, 
meals, teaching, creation museum, and tabernacle admission, plus over $150 worth of equipping resources. Come hear Tom Cantor, Dr. Michael Brown, Dan Sered, and more on how we can reach the lost in America and Israel on February 22nd and 23rd. Call 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104, or sign up at ReachIsrael.com. That's ReachIsrael.com. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Grow deeper in God's Word with the Friendship with God King James Version Study Bible prepared by Tom Cantor. This genuine lambskin large print study Bible features the history of Israel, full-color timeline and maps, frequently asked questions about the Jewish Messiah, prophecy and fulfillment study, Hebrew root notations and definitions, the life study of Joseph, and so much more. Order your copy today for only $49.95. That's $49.95. And receive a free personal signed copy by Mr. Tom Cantor, along with your name engraved on the cover. To order your Friendship with God Study Bible, call 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Or visit us at creationbookstore.com. That's creationbookstore.com. 